0: Hi, my name is Zoe mcgill and today we will be revisiting Halsey's ghost music videos on the pop culture papers. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the pop culture papers. First, let me address the strangeness of releasing this when I am. It is currently still January 6th, the longest day of the year so far, as our nation has descended into another gross injustice and I was always planning on releasing on the 7th. I decided this might be a good distraction for both me and hopefully for you if we can all just take a little bit of time off being online and think about something else for a little bit. I just wanted to make it clear that I wasn't ignoring what is happening as we can't, but I did want to address it in this way. So here comes the show, the actual show now. To introduce myself, my name is Zoe Miguel Nixon, and I am currently a grad student to become a teacher, so I've been doing that for about a year now. This idea for this podcast came about in a random conversation with a friend where he was trying to get me to think about writing for other places, as I'd written for like her campus during my college years and Unphased Magazine for fun, um, also during college. And because of writer's block and the level of specificity, I like to write things at. I just wanted some of these papers to see the light of the day without me having to write new ones. <laughs> um, especially as a grad student, it is very difficult to you know, find the motivation to write things that are not for school. These papers come from my time at Chapman University in Orange as a communication studies undergrad. This is also where I am still doing my graduate studies program because I just wanted to come back. So you might be wondering why pop culture essays As a kid who moved a lot, it's the thing I held on to and carried with me and analyzed to no end, so I started shoehorning into as many things as I could, including my academic papers, because I thought that was a fun thing to do, and it was for the most part, except for when I was doing it the night before it was due, as we all do in college, or any grade really. (laughs) So on to today's topic. The title of this pop culture paper is called Gender, Sexuality, and Relationships in Halsey's Ghost Music Videos. This is going to be my longest paper at nine pages, so I promise episodes probably won't usually be this long. But to give you some context on Halsey and her music videos, Ghost was her debut single from her 2014 EP, Room 93. She initially released the song on SoundCloud on February 3rd, gaining label attention from Astroworks, who released it on July 28th, 2014. Halsey herself has said the concept of the song itself is about being in a relationship with someone who isn't emotionally available. You feel their physical presence, but their emotional one isn't there. She released two music videos for it, which we will be discussing. The Room 93 video, which was released. October 27, 2014, and the Badlands version of the music video, which premiered June 11, 2015. To get into the assignments, this was meant to be a final paper and presentation for my gender and communication studies class, and it was meant to be a critique of media portrayals of gender performances, and I felt really bad reading this back because I adore Halsey, and I swear it's not meant to be a criticism on her or her vision at all because both videos are very well done, and I thought it'd just be interesting to compare the two for this class. I was introduced to Halsey through her live performance of Ghosts at Sirius XM around January 2015. I believe the video was released in June 2014, and I actually used the song for a senior high school capstone project, so if any of you remember that, no you don't. <laughs> and I just found the song compelling and her performance really compelling and just everything about her kind of just stood out to me. Since then, I've seen her about five times with my siblings and best friends who are absolute stands of her and I don't blame them. Just a heads up as we go into the paper, there will be brief mentions of intimate partner violence, drug use, and suicide, so please take care while listening. Another heads up, this paper was written around December 5th, 2016, so there might be some dated language. I have done my best to upgraded but stay true to the source material as much as humanly possible for our times and we have adapted to the idea that gender and sexuality is more fluid than we once thought also my relationship experience was severely lacking as a 19 year old aside from a single week one month before i wrote this (laughs) so nearly everything in this is theoretical to me so Take most of this with a grain of salt, except for what the researchers say. So the way I'm gonna read this one is that I'm gonna break this one up into sections instead of reading it through because it is long and I can make any necessary notes throughout. I also won't be reading every single reference I make. I promise I will upload this paper at a later date if you want to see all the references, but it would just make this recording far too long. (laughs) So let's get into it. This is Gender, Sexuality, and Relationships in Halsey's ghost music videos written by me for my gender and communication class. Introduction. A recent report by the J. Walter Thompson Innovation Group shows that less than half of millennials identify as, quote, exclusively straight, unquote, giving rise to a new generation of people who no longer go by the ways of heteronormativity. While some still identify as heterosexual, people are more fluid about their gender and sexual identities, making them more open to romantic relationships with non-traditional identities. This idea has become recently prominent in pop culture especially in the world of music. Rising pop star Halsey has become a display of female and sexual empowerment through her identities as a bisexual and biracial woman. This is shown in her music videos for her song, Ghosts. Both display tumultuous and passionate relationships, but one shows her with a cisgender white male while the other shows her with a cisgender Asian female. These videos capture the dynamics, subtle distinctions, and gender norms demonstrated as a part of her artistic vision for the song and represent some of the realities similar relationships face. Both music videos will be analyzed through the lenses of gender and sexuality and how both play into relationships between genders through the couple's dynamics and their intimacy, sexualization, aggression, and affective values. My only note on this section is that queer relationships had not just come into prominence in pop culture as they were always there, but they were always seen as the butt of the joke or as something to be avoided, in which it was nice in 2016 to see that it had become something that is more accepted and more widely available in different forms of media. (laughs) The videos... The same song drives both videos but different stories in the context of each album's concept, showcasing various relational aspects in each one. The song itself is about losing touch with a romantic partner who may be physically close but no longer close emotionally. Her debut EP, Room 93, focused on the intimacy and home feel of hotel rooms combined with the relationship she held within them. Ghost continues the story from a previous song, Hurricane, and introduces new characters in the same setting of Room 93 at the Pink Motel. It introduces the couple stumbling through Los Angeles until their kissing leads lead them into breaking into Room 93, where they reminisce, have sex, and smoke. When the girl notices Never Forgets" Summer 97 etched into the headboard, she accuses her boyfriend of cheating, which he cannot explain away. He storms out after she slaps him, even though she begs him to stay. After he leaves... She goes into the bathroom and overdoses on medication. The boyfriend returns, finds her, tries to save her, but ends up calling 911 and is arrested for breaking into the room while she's taken to the hospital. This is shown as a dramatized version of a previous relationship Palsy once had. The second video takes it further to introduce a dystopia known as Badlands, which is the title and concept of her debut album. While both videos are strong in their setting. The first video focuses more on the characters in their context, while the second one shines a light on intimacy between women and the loss of it in this harsh new reality. The second video starts with a Japanese voiceover that translates to, as I look back at our past together with her, suddenly she starts to disappear. Maybe she never really existed. It shows two women having sex, cuddling, and playing around in a bedroom. Eventually, Halsey's lover has to leave, leaving her lonely and lamenting her lost love as she stares off into space in various places. The dynamics of each relationship due to gender and their presentations of it become skewed, even though it is the same woman but with people of different genders. This is just a note to say that that was a summary of the videos, and if you haven't seen them yet, go pause this and watch them because we're gonna get real minute in just a second. Dynamics. Intimacy. While some progress has been made to see that straight and queer couples are viewed as equally valid, it has been shown to be difficult for some people to view them as equal because of the gender of the partners. Intimacy, both physical and emotional, is essential for maintaining a relationship and central in both videos. Not only were the couples intimate with each other, but so were their settings, room 93 and the bedroom respectively. It has been shown that different genders define and express intimacy differently. One article states women may define intimacy as love, affection, and expression of warmth feelings while men define it as sexual behavior and physical closeness. This idea is challenged in the music videos because it seems that the straight couple is more emotionally intimate than the queer couple. In the Room 93 version, the couple unconventionally bonds through breaking into the room, smoking, and going through old photographs. When intercourse is initiated in the video, it is done so by the woman which her male partner reciprocates. In contrast, some would believe that the man would perform the initial move toward physical intimacy. Contrarily, in the Room 93 ghost video portrays both the male and female performing quote-unquote manly behaviors in approaching intimacy. This ties into Wood and Fixmore Arise's definition of performative theory, which states that humans generate identities including gender through performance or expression. They perform their genders outside of the quote-unquote norm for a straight couple by allowing the woman to be seen as possibly more sexually driven than the man while also showing an expression of warm feelings toward their memories through the polaroids they look at together. My note here, as you could probably hear in my voice as I read some of those parts, is that I don't know where I got the idea that intercourse is um, typically initiated by a male because women are just as equally horny as we all know and either of us could initiate it. So yeah, that was an interesting thing that I put. I think I was just trying to make an argument to be perfectly honest. The couple in the Badlands version of the video can be seen as more affectionate than the first couple through their laughter and cuddling scenes, but they are also more sexualized. Aside from their separation towards the videos end, their sexual behaviors are more prevalent throughout the video, while physical closeness in both videos is displayed for about an equal amount of time. Their gender is performed by what they wear. They are dressed in cute bras, crop tops, pastel wigs, and shiny skirts, all seen as typical feminine attire. The only item that could be seen as possibly more masculine as their brief style underwear, which has become more fashionable for women to wear over the years. While the portrayal of their relationship supports queer theory, which is defined as a critique of conventional categories of identity and cultural views of normal and abnormal, particularly in relation to sexuality, and argues that identities are not fixed but somewhat fluid. It does not align with queer performative theory, which integrates performative and queer theory into a perspective on performances as a means of challenging and destabilizing conventional cultural categories and the values attached to them. As two women who fit society's conventional beauty norms, if challenged the view of those who still believe that queer relationships are abnormal but do not do anything that a straight couple would not do. They kiss, they have sex, cuddle, laugh, look at fishes, spend time together in a hot tub, and if most people read the first half of that sentence without context, they would probably be envisioning a straight couple. The note on this is that we get into this in the very next paragraph, but um, I think it was another thing I was just making up for argument's sake that somehow in queer performative theory that lesbians need to somehow make themselves different from straight couples, which I'm just like, I feel like all couples perform the same activities anyway, so why does that matter? (laughs) Um, Again, I think it was just for argument's sake, um, because it is like the happiest season dilemma, where it's like, you can't perform every single queer story in every single fashion to represent everyone. And all times... (laughs) Actually, a relationship usually just looks like a relationship, so that's my note on that. Also, I'm a cisgender straight girl, so take this with a grain of salt, and if any of my queer friends want to correct me, please do so. Sexualization. In an interview, Halsey stated that she was surprised by the backlash her second video got for changing the gender of the love interest, but notes that it was viewed as more explicit because, quote, "...lesbians in pop culture are often portrayed as pornographic," end quote. This is unfortunately true in that many things in the media are done to attract the male gaze. Being a lesbian or bisexual, in Halsey's case, who is outwardly more quote-unquote femme than quote-unquote butch, There is, quote, the threat of not being recognized as a lesbian, end quote, as a risk of performing gender. Looking objectively at this video in comparison to the Room 93 version, the angles, lighting, and physicality within it can hypothetically evoke a more sexually arousing response from the audience in which it would be perceived as pornographic whereas the other video would be seen as a quote-unquote love story. This communicates that females are inherently more sexual than men when paired together, which causes some to think that it is okay to objectify or sexualize lesbian women, especially femmes, even though they are only performing normal sexual behaviors. My note here is, screw the male gaze, we are all tired of it. Can women just exist, please? Aggression. While the Room 93 version can be seen as standard through a heteronormative lens, this couple is also seen as decidedly more emotionally intense than their queer opposites. When the girl accuses her boyfriend of being unfaithful, she does not believe his explanations despite no other evidence than the headboard writing. When he tries to brush it off, she slaps him, causing him to leave. In a study by Sefke, Cranky, and Burke, they found that in all of the dyads with aggressive females, irrespective of whether they were both relationally and physically aggressive or only relationally aggressive, male partners did not respond with aggression. Other researchers argue that females' greater investment and concern for relationship may result in their showing higher emotional arousal and greater emotional outlet of negative emotions when conflicts occur, which may result in physical and relational aggressive acts. While the audience is unsure of the state of the relationship outside of the room, it can be implied that it is unhealthy. When you align it with the study, she was likely more invested in the relationship causing emotional insecurity and jealousy which caused her to lash out. He did not respond with aggression but simply began to leave while she apologized and begged him to stay. He even forcefully pulled away from her when she tried to pull him back in. This departure style could be interpreted as a default response to a situation that frequently happens in their relationship. It may also be a gendered response. The man is seen to be leaving because his girlfriend is not doing her part in nurturing their relational health, even though the responsibility divided for keeping the relationship healthy is skewed. There is also the double standard that her reaction to the possible cheating was an overreaction, that she is high on emotions because she is a woman, and that she is somehow quote-unquote crazy. However, she may not be seen as the abusive one while he would be if the roles were reversed and he hit her would she also have left or would she stay with the abuser? This is an instance that shows society that women are not typically seen as perpetuating the emotional or physical abuse in a relationship, which can cause people to take men less seriously when they report abuse by a female partner because they are supposed to be seen as a strong one or they are somehow allowing their partner to do that to them. This unhealthy dynamic can be harmful because abuse can happen to all genders and not recognizing that will only perpetuate the cycle of intimate partner violence. In contrast, there is no aggression shown in the Badlands version of the video. While the relationship ends abruptly, they communicated what the end of the relationship entailed calmly as women would be expected to do, leaving both of them mutually unhappy." While this part was pretty self-explanatory, it was just there to highlight the differences between straight relationships ending and queer relationships ending and how they're portrayed, despite whether or not that is reality. Effective values. In healthy relationships, it is expected that partners value each other, but it is the extent to which they do so and which personal relational values are held by each person that determines the type and length of the relationship. Meyer, Hull, and Ortil found that affective values, which are values that evoke feeling, held different weight to men, women, straight people, and queer people when compared, stating that women valued love, faithfulness, and lifelong commitment more than men, and sexual minorities valued faithfulness and lifelong commitment less than heterosexuals. The gender difference in effective values applied only to heterosexuals where we found consistent differences between straight men and women. We found no such differences between sexual minority men and women. In the videos, the effective values of love, faithfulness, and commitment did have gender differences between the couples. In the Room 93 version of the video, it was previously discussed that the woman was likely more invested in the relationship than the man had been. This can be seen in how she leads them to the hotel room, the way she looks at him, like she genuinely understands him and deeply enjoys his company, and how she kissed him in the room to communicate those emotions. If love was felt in this video, it was valued more heavily by her than him. Faithfulness was another aspect of the relationship that she took more seriously than he did. The thought of him being unfaithful was enough for her to start a confrontation hit him and attempt suicide through overdose showing that unfaithfulness was a heavily weighted value for her while he likely thought the situation would blow over until the possible final moments of her life this plays into their commitment to each other because while it may not have been lifelong she did believe they were exclusive to each other which caused her to react the way she did. While it has been found that men do fall in love faster and harder than women do, this reinforces a societal view that it is the other way around, and again, it is up to the woman to maintain relational health by reacting rationally to bad news, which can be seen as normalizing toxic relationships. So the note here is if your partner does not have the same values as you, and sucks, generally, and was not an equal partner, leave, because that's a bad situation. Not that I would know. (laughs) In the Badlands version of the video, the women are more concerned with love and commitment than faithfulness as there are no signs of infidelity in this version. Their easy form of communication resembles a female friendship with the added aspect of love through how they touch, how they look at one another fervently, and their varying activities when they spend time together. These details also show a commitment, albeit a likely short-lived one, that they both seem to value equally and maybe more than the Room 93 couple because of their setting and dynamic. The Badlands dystopia could pose more risks to their relationship, because of the poisonous and inescapable nature of the Badlands, as well as the uncertainty of how their relationship could be interpreted despite the, quote, sin and temptation, end quote, of that world. Their sexuality also plays a role in their effective values due to their constraints regarding marriage this causes the higher level of fidelity and commitment in their relationship because of the ways LGBTQ people have had to fight for relationships like theirs, especially because of their environment. In our society, women and sexual minorities continue to fight for their right to be seen as equal to men and cisgender couples and will do so until they are normalized through frequent visibility in media and videos such as this one. I think my first thought at the end of that section was just period. (laughs) The Badlands couple had it right. (laughs) Conclusion Halsey's ghost videos have broken down walls when it comes to shining a light on the dynamics of gendered roles in relationships and sexuality by displaying how intimacy, sexualization, aggression, and affective values make each relationship multifaceted. With every dynamic revealed between the couples, the audience sees how we have normalized heterosexuality, romanticized personal disaster, and sexualized queerness in an era where we have tried to progress past these so-called standards. Gender is not often viewed as neutral in nature, affecting how we watch these videos and perceive the couples in them. Whether we mean to or not, we judge each relationship by the gender norms ingrained in us, to decide why each action in the video has happened. These videos inform our understanding of gender by allowing us to compare the two through lenses of gender and sexuality because both are more fluid than society used to believe, in which we can continue to deepen the way we see others who maintain relationships differently from us, how we can help others who face relational difficulties and become aspiring allies to the communities that need this kind of understanding from society. And that is the f- end of our first pop culture paper. So what has changed since I wrote this? Halsey has become a bonafide hit maker activist and now with her own makeup line about face. She has released three albums since Ghosts, Badlands, Hopeless Fountain Kingdom, and Manic and has been nominated several times over for her work, including two Grammy nods. In other words, she's killing it. Um... <laughs> For me, I have grown a deep appreciation for Halsey's authenticity and dedication to everything she does, the way she conducts herself, how she turns out songs and concepts, and how she is one of the kindest people towards her fans. I've been around her when she's with her fans and I'm just so impressed with everything she remembers about them. Having previously worked in music, it's really hard to find someone like her. In relation to this essay, I like to think my thinking has evolved past this essay, as you heard me commenting throughout, and to be candid, my dating experience has expanded, but barely, so nothing to add to this essay in terms of that aspect of it. Um, no relationship, um, advice to add to any of this, but I'm, thankful that you guys stuck with me. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe on everywhere you listen to podcasts. Big thank you to Mandala for letting me use She Don't Mind as my theme song. You can find them at Mandala CT on all the platforms. Go check them out. They are really awesome. This episode was written, edited, and produced by me along with the artwork. You could find us on Instagram at popculturepapers, on Twitter at popculturepaper. And if you're interested in reading the papers with a full set of references and slides, I'll be uploading them on Monday, so watch out for them on the socials. Until then, I'll see you next week as we live to write another day. Bye!